Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it out. Yo, 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 is this thing on? Apparently it is on. What's good, everybody? Jason Jones. I'm back with your latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I'm Jason Jones. I'm a culture writer at The Athletic, former longtime Daily Kings beat writer, and a bunch of other things I've done, but for the purposes of this, I am here to talk about the Sacramento Kings, also talk about hip-hop and whatever else in the hell comes to mind. So, as I record this, the Kings are preparing to play the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 13-9, and nine, they're 22 games in, so that means we're past that little quarter way of the season. So, what I want to do is... Uh, give you all kind of talk about where the kings are you know if we're talking about a four lap uh about a mile on a four lap track one lap into the marathon that is or hold up a a mile ain't really a marathon but you know what i mean one quarter of the season at this point so what are we gonna say about 22 games that gives us you know a, a, a fair sample size to assess this king's team They've been relatively healthy, so we don't have to talk about, well, they've only had this guy for five games, seven games, and whatnot. So we really do have, I think, of, of, uh, of a lot of teams, we have a pretty, we have a good sample size of what this team looks like and what they are. And they've got a bona fide one-two punch with uh, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Now, is it Shaq and Kobe? Is it Jordan and Pippen? Hell, is it, I don't know. Another combo like that in the, in the NBA, I don't know, but they've it may not be the best combo, but you know, in terms of t- combos that are healthy right now, can't really include Kawhi and Paul George because I don't think either one of those guys plays enough at this point, especially Kawhi. But you know, you've got a solid one-two combo. Now your front court depth has improved, you know, through you know free agency and and whatnot, and guys getting better. You know, Keegan Murray isn't the greatest player we've ever seen of all time, like he was during the summer. But you know, he's you know adding him helps with the depth. Um, you've got uh, Chemezi Metu, who's made his way back into the rotation after not being in at the start of the year. So many different things you can look at. You know, Kevin Herter and Malik Monk have made that guard spot for the Kings pretty potent. Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis are also great guys to have for depth off the bench as well. 
And Mike Brown and his staff has been able to be a calming and settling influence up to this point of the season. So it all adds up to a 13-9 record, and they're off to their best start in 18 years. And it makes me sad because as long as I covered the Kings on a daily basis, yeah, we never got close to seeing 13-9 as a on this beat. So in the spirit of cheesy, cookie-cutter content, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give out some grades. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. As a writer, I hate this shit. I hate grade the grade the team, especially grade them now. You know, hell, but I'm not writing. I'm here just talking shit and having fun with y'all. So let's go ahead and dump into, jump into the grades. I, I don't have a bunch of categories for y'all to worry about when it comes to these grades, but... Where we're gonna start is while we have we have fun. We're gonna start with ownership. Now, this is an area for many years. This was like an instant F. <laughs> you know, D F, you know. In terms of what happens on the court. I don't think anyone that I've met questions the the what the good intentions of a Beck Ronadive or his willingness to be engaged with the community. To help those in Sacramento, help people in need, really everywhere. No one questions that. But in terms of the basketball operations and what was happening on the court, it's been a failing grade pretty much every year for these Kings. I think Vivek got a pass for the first few years ago because the team stayed in California, and that's all anyone gave a damn about. Or should I say, stayed in Sacramento? You can't say stayed in California because remember, the Kings were almost were trying to become the Anaheim Royals at some point, but. Let's get back to the, uh, the grape ownership. Let's think about this. When's the last time you heard from Vivek Ranadive? Like something crazy, you know, rest and go, what the hell is he talking about? Been a minute, right? Nothing too wild or out there. Tells me one thing that he's listening to his people, some people who have uh, for years begged him not to say so much. It's great content when, you know, my man get out there and just start talking you know, and whatnot. You know, but it's like I said, it a lot of we 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 a lot of it was just unnecessary sometimes. But yeah, so what's he doing? He's on Instagram and stuff, still on Twitter. He's hanging out with Fifty Cent. You know, and like I said, we're not hearing anything, any, anything you know, wild and out there. You know. He's, he seems to be out the way, so, so to speak, and the basketball folks are doing their thing, and things are going well. Could that all change? Of course, anything in life could change. But right now, I can't really say anything bad about what the what Vivek is doing. Well, I guess I could. I could point out the fact that Monty McNair still doesn't have a contract extension. And to me, if anything that is egregious about what's going on from the ownership point of view, that's the biggest thing. It's like, why is the, why is your GM who's clearly the best GM you've had in this tenure still, you know, not under contract beyond this season. So for that, that the may I was going to give him an A, but because of that Monty McNair cloud hanging over, and not that I think it's going to be a problem at this point. It always could be. Take that back. I've talked about that before. How it could be a problem, but because that's not settled, I give ownership a B. Maybe could bump it up to a B plus because the whole Beam deal with Beam is probably the coolest thing or the I call it the coolest corny thing going on right now. But yeah, ownership gets a B because of that whole part of the situation. 
Next, what do we have next? We have coaching. And what do we got with the coaching? Let's be first off. Let's just realize this. This is the most talented and like cohesively put together team the Kings have had in about twenty years. No, the pieces actually fit. They actually make sense. You know, you don't have five centers in the league where most teams are playing trying to play smaller. You know, you don't have like eight point guards. You know, just some of the random. You know, we never saw eight point guards. Hell, the Kings struggled to get more than two guys who could dribble effectively at times. So. You don't have just the weird roster construction that you've had in the past. You know, and that's a big help to Mike Brown and his staff. And there were some bumps early on with the rotation, but I think you have to give the coaching staff a pass on that because you're still learning the guys. You know, you still don't know everything about who you have and what you can do with them just yet. And I think there were some people who were kind of panicking about, especially when they started 0-4. Oh, Lord, what's he doing? It was way too early to panic, and it appears that Mike Brown has settled in his rotation, even to the point to where there are guys who don't play every night, but they know to be ready for the nights they're going to be needed. He made some tough decisions, like for the betterment of the team, you know, Rashawn Holmes not being in the rotation, you know, knowing exactly when to go to a Trey Lyles or a Terrence Davis. I'm going to go ahead and give the coaching staff an A. I think they've done a good job with this group, and... Not based on the record, because I don't think a 13-9 and record is an A record. I think this team is talented enough to be 13-9. and So, But just based on what the way things have gone in Sacramento for years, they get an A just because I think this team is perhaps maybe overperforming a little bit. Or maybe not overperforming, but this is not where a lot of folks thought they would be in terms of just the, just their how much fun they are to watch and whatnot. So I'll give them an A. I'm not going to give individual player grades. I'm just going to say the players as a whole. What do I like about this so far or not like? You know, you've got the Fox and Sabonis combo, which clearly works well. I love the way Fox has brought a consistent level of intensity and focus this season. You know, showing the maturity that is needed at this stage of his career. And again, Sabonis has been the perfect compliment to De'Aaron got Fox a, you know you know a big you know a big body so to speak to play with him a guy who could facilitate help with creating you know all of that stuff he is like I said this is this is you no know, like I said it's not Shaq and Kobe it's you know it's not Duncan and Robinson but this is a pretty you know a pretty uh, you know good group to have for your um for your front court, I mean, for your two best players, you know, Sabonis's numbers this season aren't, you know, they're good. I mean, sixteen point seven points, eleven rebounds, six and a half assists. That's not like, oh my God, wow numbers, but those are good damn numbers. And as I think about it, this is probably the most nice things I've said in assessing a Kings team over any stretch of games more than three or four, probably ever. And I've followed this team since about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So yeah. I'm going to give the players, an, you know, for their resilience, for their ability to bounce back from two losing streaks, one of four games, one of three games. I'm going to give them an A too. I'm, 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 I'm grading on. I'm grading nicely today. So you got a B and two A's for the Kings. That means they're they're on the honor roll right now. So hope y'all 
you know, let me know what you think about the grades. Hit me on, you know, hit my comments on uh, Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram is uh, Mr. Jones LBC. I don't know if I'm a, po- I don't know if necessarily post <laughs> about, you know, on my post about the uh, pod, but hell, jump on a random ass comment and leave some. It's all good. And now that we're done with the grades, we're going to go over to DraftKings. Just so you all know, well, you already know this, the NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. And December 15th is getting close. So, uh, players who were signed this summer can get traded. So, things are about to start getting spicy, <laughs> potentially, in the NBA. But when I'm looking to get into the action, or get in on the action, not talking about trade rumors, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Big. If you, if you get in on, if you're trying to get in on, you no, know, maybe on this uh, Kings-Bucks matchup, how many points in the paint Giannis gets might be a fun one to do. I don't know. You guys know how you know better than me. But here's what you got to do to even get in on the action. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now we're back. And it's time for my favorite part of the show. Not the Kings talk, of course. It's the hip-hop talk. And today's topic is about the uh, legendary DJ Quick and... This is not like, uh, of course, you know, um, Quick is one of the best, you know, produ- you know, best producers, minds in hip hop history. And on Tuesday, Quick had a few things to say on Twitter. I'm going to read these to you. I know it's early, but I deserve to be where Dre is. I don't think it's fair, but I understand why. I've never had a machine behind me. That's always hurt that's always hurt my friends more than it did me. My friends has come to me in confidentiality to say, do your music like you want to. Just be DJ Quick. People love that shit. This doesn't need to be a, on a podcast because we have fire starters who want to spend everything to get more ratings. But the truth is, I love Dr. Dre like a big brother, one I never had. It pains me when people pit us against each other. There is no automatic winning lottery ticket. For everyone, period, on this planet. You get what you get, but it's what you do with what you uh, what you have been given to work with that makes you a star. I know I'll never be as popular as I need to be, but I have tens of artists, superstars, and when they shine, I just smile. The janitor gets all doesn't get all the glory, but he keeps the backstage clean as a triage. This is not a meltdown. I'm just expressing myself as neutrally as I can. So, 
what made those tweets interesting to me was just the fact that just the other day I was uh, in the car listening to some uh, Rap Radar podcast and on on my drive they were talking uh listening to uh the podcast when it was a uh, edition with Vince Staples and he was singing the praises of DJ Quick and how Quick came in and mixed up fixed up the studio you know changed the boards around mixed it out you know did what he did made everything sound great and so they called Quick for a little bit talked to him for a little bit and so I was already thinking about Quick and just kind of the impact Quick has had in the music game and how many people who are musically inclined love DJ Quick. I have friends who are hip-hop heads who prefer Quick's production over Dre's. So it's, it's not a crazy discussion to have. But what I wanted to do was, uh, like I said, you know, yeah, am I using this for ratings Quick? Maybe, but not in the way you think. <laughs> so... Just kind of just reflecting on the things that uh, Quick said. No, he's never had the machine behind him. You know, he didn't get, you know, that Interscope, Jimmy Iovine, you know, love like that. In terms of his artists that he's helped put out. He didn't have a Snoop or an Eminem or a 50 Cent come up under him. You know, he never got attached to Kendrick Lamar the way, you know, the, the, how Dre was able to. And I, I don't say attached in a negative way, you know, but... What Quick did do was, long before we heard about G-Funk from Warren G and, you know, the whole Death Row era, uh, Quick was on some music musicianship, before, you know, in 1989, 1990. And in terms of artists who made an impact under his, you know, that came from him, you know, probably some West Coast legends or people who we, I, I grew up loving. You had AMG, you know, who gave us the... A song that still gets everybody 40 and above cracking at a party. Bitch better have my money. Now we still have that. <laughs> and, you know, we got Second and None, High C, and so many others on the West Coast and beyond who were influenced by the music of DJ Quick. So just don't don't be tripping. If, if, you, if you guys don't know, just know Quick is that dude. You know, you know not just as a rap artist or as a DJ, as a musician. Quick is that dude. So, you remember his debut, Quick is the Name. That's a West Coast classic, man. That, you know, that gave us tonight. Quick is the Name, Loked Out Hood, you know. That's that's always going to be one of my favorite albums, you know. He's worked, you know, in terms of his production, Tupac, Snoop, Dog Pound, Shaquille O'Neal, The Loonies, Jay-Z. He's worked with Dr. Dre. His musicianship is un is unparalleled, perhaps, in all of hip-hop. You know, worked with Janet Jackson, Tony, 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 Teddy Riley, so many more in R&B as well. It ain't just about hip-hop or quick. It's music, and he does it so well. So, I, when you look at all that Quick has done, I don't want to get into where he ranks as a producer, but if we're talking about the elite producers, I don't know where, you, you know, you know, on the West Coast, the only person who's, who can even, you know, who's even in Quick's league, is Dre. I know we got guys like Hit Boy, Mustard, and whatnot coming up later generations, but in terms of all-time greats, uh, depending on who you talk to, there are folks who would take Quick over Dre, or vice, vice versa. And either way, I'm not going to argue with you, because Quick is up there, and you know, if we had a, a Mount Rushmore of West Coast producers, 
artists, producers, and hip hop. Quick should be getting serious consideration. You know, as one of the best producers ever. Again, like I said, you look at his his, his uh, body of work: West Coast, East Coast, R and B. He's t- t- you know production, mixing, all of that. Quick, quick can do it all. And like he quick, he wasn't dissing Dre. He just wants his due. So I encourage all y'all to give Quick his due because he he deserves it. And if we want to, I'm gonna give y'all so a quick, very very quickly, some quick songs to listen to today. As you get about your day, you know we all. I mentioned I mentioned uh, uh, tonight off the first album. You you know you got to listen to Dollars and Cents, one of the uh, great disc records of our of our of my lifetime you know pitching on a party you got born and raised in compton you got like i said i mentioned loked out hood and if you want to get some music get your music off just put quick's groove one whatever it's put them on back to back to back to back to back you will love you will love quick's grooves uh we still party by quick hand in hand so many ways I'm just gonna give y'all. A, I'm giving y'all a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and then you want to get some of his artists. Play that. Play that. Bitch, better have my money by AMG. Play Sugar Free, and you will not be disappointed. Like I said, I can't get into all that Quick is done because, like I said, I didn't even touch into his other stuff that he's done with outside of kind of his his uh, alleyway with hip hop. But trust me, Quick is the man. So that's all I got for you. Shout out to DraftKings and the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore. No, that's Twitter. Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. This is the Rule of the Court podcast. I'm out of here. Y'all be good. I'm gone.